0: We live in a world which is racked by terrorism. Every time there's a major t- attack, even before anyone claims responsibility for it, the media are right there and they're very confident to make the claim it looks like the, the work of a highly organised group. Now, how can they be so confident in making this claim? Well, it's because it's obvious that it's not a random act. It's planned, it's precise, it's targeted... It's effective and its results can be catastrophic. And, see, these sorts of attacks are not, are not random. They're planned. And today, billions and billions of dollars are spent by governments all across the world to try and combat terrorism and trying to protect ourselves against the plots of terrorism. And just as the nations of the world make every effort to stand against terrorism... Um, we Christians have to stand strong too. Only our stand is not against a person or a terrorist organisation. Our stand is against something far more sinister. Our stand is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our stand is against the schemes of the devil because his attacks are planned. His attacks are precise. They're targeted, they're effective and their results can be catastrophic. That might all sound a little bit melodramatic and some of us might shudder at at the thoughts of these dark spiritual forces moving in on us, targeting us, attacking us, trying to hurt us and all of this simply because we belong to God. But while some people shudder Others may simply just dismiss all of this talk of spiritual forces and and demons and so on as just a load of superstitious nonsense. And because of these two points of view, the mainstream Christian church at large gives very little teaching on what it is that the disciples of Jesus Christ are up against in the spiritual world. The sad fact of the matter is that when it comes to battles in the spiritual realm, people today seem to be more informed by TV shows such as True Blood or Buffy the Vampire Slayer than what they are by the church or by the Bible. When it comes to the spiritual realm, most of us are quite content to stay in the physical realm, thank you very much, because that's all very familiar and all very safe and and very nice. And even Bible teachers, for whom I have a great deal of respect for in a lot of their writings... As I've read them talking about the spiritual world, it seems they try to despiritualise this very passage even that we've just read. Whereas that's the whole point of this passage. It is to shift our thinking away from the physical world and, and to get us to start thinking about the spiritual world and to start being able to see the, the spiritual strategy behind what we see operating in the physical world. And so some people will say that these powers of evil that, that Paul's talking about here are, are social systems. He'll say that they're, they're governments, they're attitudes of society, their of are systems of rule and administration. And all of this is partly true because we can see evil in all of these areas. These things do belong to the realm of darkness and evil. But that's missing the whole point of what Paul's actually talking about here. Paul is specifically talking about what lies behind them. When we see evil happening in the world, what lies behind it? What's controlling them? And just as we can see that a terrorist act is planned by somebody other than the individual who's actually carried it out, So too the kingdom of darkness is ruled and controlled by someone behind the scenes. The personal spiritual power of evil, and that is Satan and his demons. And some of us, maybe because we're so physical in our mindset, some of us may really struggle with this concept. But I cannot come to any other conclusion than that the New Testament writers fully understood that these powers of evil are personal demonic intelligences. And I cannot come to any other conclusion than that Jesus himself believed this. And if this is true, and I believe it is, then we need some protection. We need spiritual protection against a spiritual enemy. Now, I want to say right up front... Have no fear. Okay? I don't want you all to just go, oh no, this is all just too scary, I don't want to know anything about this. Have no fear. Because Jesus Christ is far stronger than the devil. The battle has been fought, and and although there's a few battles to come, the war has already been won. When Jesus Christ conquered the grave, Satan's fate was sealed. And as Christians, we have absolutely nothing to be fearful of because this is God's battle. That's something we have to understand. This is God's battle. It's not our battle. It's God's battle. And the spiritual armour that we're looking at today and we'll actually be looking at it a bit more over the next few weeks as well is also from God. So have no fear. Do not be alarmed. Don't go getting too scared about it all. Um, But be aware... Be strong and pray. That's the whole point of what he's saying here. Um, We're at the end of the letter of Ephesians. We've been working our way through Ephesians for a few months now. We're right at the very end and Paul's now summing it up, summing up all of what he's written. And what he's doing is he's urging us to open our spiritual eyes so that we will know that we cannot achieve anything of what he's taught us without God right because it's a spiritual battle, God is spirit and we have to depend entirely on God. He says in verse 10, finally, okay right this is right at the end of the letter. he's just taught us everything that we've been learning about all the last few months and he says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now, he's not telling you to be strong yourself. He's telling you to to depend on God's strength. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all, to stand firm. And then he addresses each of the elements of the armour and we're not actually going to do that today. We're going to talk about each of the elements of the armour over the next few weeks. And then verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert... With all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And then he asked them to pray specifically for him so that he might be effective in proclaiming the gospel. So that every time he opens his mouth, he'd be speaking the words that God wants him to be speaking. Right, so what I'm wanting us to get out of it today is be alert, be aware, stand strong in the Lord, praying at all times in the spirit and not just for ourselves but for all the saints, right? For for all Christians. Okay. So if Satan is scheming against God's people what aspects of life can we see being influenced by his evil? Right from the beginnings of chapter 4 We've been urged to live lives worthy of the calling that we've received. Now, who's actually finding that easy? Is anyone actually finding it easy to live the life worthy of the calling for which we've been called? I mean, he started off by saying, imitate God, and then he starts talking about all these areas of our lives where we should be imitating God, how we should have this righteous living. Is anybody finding that easy? I'm not. See, we know we can try to do our best for God and yet something just keeps getting in the way that makes it difficult. Now, why is that? Why is it that it is so hard to live lives worthy of the calling that God has given us? Well, this is all part of the spiritual battle. All manner of temptations are attributed to temptations coming from the devil. Um, Heresy—that is, wrong teaching, wrong understanding about God—is attributed attributed to demonic activity. Um, they hinder the work of God in just so many ways. Now, in some cultures, it, it's pretty easy for them to understand all of this. A couple of months ago, I, I got a phone call from a young ringer, and um, is is working out way up west there somewhere, and. Um, he said, what, "What's all this about?" He said that there's a couple of Aboriginal stockmen, and they've known that we're going to be going out into this certain paddock. We needed to muster this certain paddock, and that they'd started having nightmares, and just waking up in the middle of the night screaming, and, and like, it, 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 "What's all this about?" And and then the day that we we're supposed to supposed to go and muster that paddock that night, they ran away. They got, got in the utes and just left. They, they'd rather work somewhere else than go and muster that paddock. What, what's going on here? What, what, what's it all about? Is there anything in it? Is there anything I need to be worried about? And I said to him, yeah, it is real. But it's not how they understand it. Yes, there are spiritual forces at work. But in Christ, we have the victory over them. So these Aboriginal stockmen, they sort of had half the story, they, they could sense and know that there was evil in this particular area that they are to go, but they didn't know how to how to combat it. Some cultures are very aware and very in tune with the existence of spiritual powers, spiritual beings, while other cultures, such as our own, have very little experience of it. And in this passage we're actually urged to put up the shield of faith, right? And I actually find myself wondering is whether that's the first part of our faith that we need to actually put in action is by faith accept that there is a spiritual battle going on because the Bible tells us that there is, even if we can't see it. By faith we just have to accept that it's there and it's happening. You see, one of the biggest tricks that the devil has is to convince the world that he doesn't exist. If you believe that the devil doesn't exist, then then he can do whatever he likes, and you'll never be aware of it. C.S. Lewis once said, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence, the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them, and some people get that way inclined, it's, it's all about you know, the demons and the spiritual world and, and um, it, they just become obsessed by it. Right? So what we have to do is we have to be aware of this. We do need to know that there is a spiritual battle but we also need to know that God has got it all under control. And when we're aware of this, what it does is it opens our eyes to who's pulling the strings behind the scenes. And we'll find a few examples of these as we work our way through all of the different elements of spiritual armour over the next few weeks. We'll talk about how each of these things um, are part of this, this spiritual battle. But when you know who's behind the scenes, when you know what's really going on in the spiritual world, in the spirit, then we have some kind of idea about how we should be praying in the Spirit. Right? He, I don't know if you picked up there, he didn't just say pray at all times. He said pray at all times in the Spirit. Now we can't pray in the Spirit unless we have a bit of an idea of what's going on behind the scenes. So, for example, you may want to share your faith with somebody, right? I know you're all keen to do that, yep. And what do we do when we're going to share our faith with someone? We might have a bit of a prayer before we go and tell them about Jesus. We might say a prayer like, well, God, help me to be clear. Help the the words, yeah, just give to me the words that you want me to say. And you might go and visit this person that, and you may be very clear in the words that you, you're speaking Um But you can just see as soon as you start talking about Jesus, their eyes just glaze over. And it's like nothing's going in. It's like water just running off a duck's back. What's really going on? Are they just not interested? What's really going on? What's the spiritual reality? Well, we actually, I picked this one because it's an easy one to find the answer for. Because Jesus told us the spiritual reality when he told us the parable of the sower. Right, The man went out and he sowed the seed and some of it landed on the hard path. And then the birds came along and just took that seed away. And the explanation of that in Matthew chapter 13 is when anyone hears the words of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what is sown along the path. Right? So, that's the spiritual reality. The spiritual reality is what's going on here. Their eyes are glazing over. A, they haven't understood it. But B, Satan is coming away and just snatching it away before they've had a chance to understand it. And when we know this spiritual reality, that then helps us to know how we should pray in the Spirit. Now, have you ever heard that phrase, pray in the Spirit? Have you heard that phrase before? And some of us might think, ooh, that's all a bit abstract and a bit out there. It's actually quite simple. When you know what's going on in the Spirit, as we do in this case, because it's an easy one, because the Bible tells us, we can start praying in the Spirit. We could pray that, um, that God would guard their heart from the evil one because that's what's happening we could pray that God would guard his life changing word the the, the good news of the gospel we could ask that God would protect them that the evil one wouldn't be snatching away the word before it took root in their heart we could pray that God would open their hearts and their minds to begin to understand what's going on here and if Satan is responsible for stopping this understanding, we could pray that God would take away any demonic influence that's stopping their ears from hearing and stopping their eyes from seeing, that's stopping their heart from believing. Right? It's not that hard, is it? We've just got to move our thinking from the physical to the spiritual. And so we can then pray that the Word of God would take root and grow in their hearts now all of this stuff is stuff that we can't do I mean we can pray but we can't guard their heart we can't chase Satan away and prevent him from from stealing the word of God out of their heart we can't make faith take root and grow but God can and that's why prayer spiritual prayer is so very important. Another example of of, um, praying in the spirit is one which is a very personal one for me. I made the connection about ten years ago. As you know, I preach my way through whole books of the Bible, so every now and then I give a message on spiritual warfare. That's what we call what this message is about today. It's a message on spiritual warfare. And I just preach on it however often it comes up. Now, it took a couple of times before I actually made the connection. One time I had a dream, and then the next day there was a spiritual attack on one of my kids. It was something quite disturbing. Um, that The dream itself was a nightmare. It, it, it was warning me that something was about to happen. Several times there has been issues of discontent or extreme negativity or personal attacks against me that have just suddenly appeared out of nowhere. Um, people from the church um, personally attacking me and, and being really negative about stuff that's going on in the church and these things have just I've really it really hit me hard and almost crippled me in, in the ministry that I was involved in. Other times there have been physical attacks. Other times there have been emotional attacks. I've actually had threats on my life. That might sound uncommon, but I, I had them. Um, one time, satanic symbols were painted on the sign of the church. There once was a time when Robbins and my relationship, just in one week, took a dive. Just really, It was just really bad. And one day I made the connection. It was after a couple of these things had happened. Every time these things happened and just appeared out of the blue was in the week leading up to when I was going to be preaching a sermon on spiritual warfare. And when I realised that, that really opened my eyes. Tuesday night just gone... I made the connection again. Um, I, I should have made it sooner. I should have made it on, on Saturday, but I didn't. Um, most of you probably know, but if you don't, I'm just going to quickly tell you a story. Saturday, Robin and I, we were in Brisbane, went to get our eyes checked. Um, I need new glasses. I can't get the thing low enough or it's too high or whatever. I need, need new glasses to be right. Stop giggling, you boys. Um, and I, I had the had the eye exam. Yep, that's all good, and wrote down what glasses I need and then they looked inside my eye and said oh um, we've got we're pretty concerned about you um, you need to go to the hospital you need to see an ophthalmologist oh ok alright so you'll just, you'll just give us a, 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 a referral and we'll make an appointment we'll catch up with them in a couple of months and they said no 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 you need to go to the emergency room right now and we thought they were just pressing the panic button, and this is all crazy. Well, well, it's Saturday afternoon, for goodness' sake. Uh, who's we? And like Robin, being a medical person, she knows you, know, you only go to the hospital if it's really urgent. Especially on a Saturday, it's just you just don't do that. Anyway, we we went and had lunch instead of going to the hospital, and we sitting in the food court at Carindale Shopping Centre, and Robin was praying, Lord, what should I do? Should we should we ring? You know, one of the doctors here, and asked them, you know, what we're supposed to do, or what, what do you want us to do? No, long, no sooner had she prayed that prayer than, than um, we just started eating our lunch, and and um, Hugo and Ben Brimblecombe walked past. Now, for those who know them, uh, Ben has just finished his medical training, and oh, hello, Ben. We need a doctor. And we told him the story and we gave him the referral and he read it and he said, I think you need to go. Oh, okay. So we fronts up to the thing and basically I've got, got um, swollen optic nerves, swollen optic discs, and it's caused by intracranial pressure, so high pressure in the head. I said, oh, it's probably just got too much knowledge packed in there and it's got too much room and Robin said, there's probably too much nonsense in there. Um, <laughs> but, um, of course, what they wanted to look for were brain tumours and blood clots and bleeds and all that sort of stuff. And to cut a long story short, over the, next, uh, over the next four days, but we weren't there on Sunday, so it's like three days... We saw many different doctors, we had many different scans, we had um, CAT scans and CAT scans with dye and, and um, MRI and um, heaps of different eye scans and the good news is I don't have a brain tumour, I don't have a blood clot, I don't actually know really what's going on um, but three months time we have to go back and see the doctors again but if I go blind or get really bad headaches before then I probably should see a doctor. Um, Now this was totally left field. Um, I'm well, I'm healthy, I didn't even have a headache. Uh, My my vision, the doctors tell me, is truly excellent. Even though I'm having trouble close quarters, they'd put an eye chart up and I'd say read that and I'd just start on the bottom line. Um, But we were just going through the ringer. Everything was good, everything was swimmingly, going swimmingly and all of a sudden we're going through the ringer. And Tuesday night it dawned on me. I'm preaching on spiritual warfare this Sunday. And what's happened every other time I've preached on spiritual warfare? The week leading up to it, something just totally out of left field has just hit us and it's hit us hard. And I've learned that there have been spiritual attacks. So, when I realise what's behind it, that changes the way I pray. Praying in the physical, I would pray, Lord, make me better. Lord, help the doctors to find what's going wrong. But instead of praying for physical wellness, I began to pray in the spirit. Now, I've got a fair idea what's happening. I've got a fair idea about what's really behind all of this. One thing that I've learned over the last dozen or so years is Satan hates it when his children are taught how to deal with him. And he will do anything to stop messages like this one from being preached in our churches. He doesn't want you to know about God's spiritual armour. He doesn't want you to know about the spirituality, spiritual reality that's going on. He doesn't want you to be praying in the spirit. Why not? Because he knows when you do, he gets beat. And so every time, I'm pretty sure it's been every time, that I've preached on spiritual warfare, me or my family have come under attack. That's why we value your prayers so very much. When you guys pray for us, it is just so important. And on Tuesday night when I realised this, I, I was told Robin and it was like the look of realisation dawned in her eyes as well. And we began to pray in the spirit. What do we pray? We pray, Lord, pray for a covering of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ over me and my family. Lord, protect us from the attacks of the evil one. Guard us with your holy angels and with the might of your hand. Lord, if this swelling in my nerves is the work of Satan or his demons, I pray that you would deal with them, that you would cast them away from me, and that you would make me well. Lord, give me strength to stand against the devil and his attacks that I can fulfill the purpose that you've set before me. That was a spiritual prayer. When you realize that it's a spiritual battle, you pray in the spirit. So, using that example that I've just given you of the spiritual attack I believe it was a spiritual attack, came on me. What am I to do? If every time I preach on spiritual warfare, Satan attacks me or my family, what am I to do? Well, I know what he wants me to do. He wants me to just gloss over this stuff or just skip it or or to just avoid it. And many churches, many preachers avoid the whole topic of spiritual warfare. And yet here we are, we're learning about the spiritual battle. Why? Why don't I just give up? The key word to this passage is stand. The picture that we're presented with is not a march. It's not an assault, it's a defence. And each of us, and indeed the whole church, as we go about the work of building God's kingdom, we need defence. So that we can stand, we stand firm in the Lord against the schemes of the devil. The spiritual armour is so that we can stand and never give up. With God's armour we are made strong. We're not strong, we're weak. I'm weak. But God is strong and his armour is protected. And so we're presented with this image of armour. And as I said before, this, this reading comes right at the end of the letter and, and yet we often just read this all on its own about the spiritual armour without actually connecting it with the rest of the letter. But right throughout the letter we've learnt about truth. We've learnt about righteousness. We've learnt about peace. We've learned about the gospel. We've learned about the word of God. We've learned about salvation. We've learned about faith. These are all themes that Paul has taken up right throughout the letter. And we've been learning about this over the last few months. And here, right at the end, Paul is using a picture, a, a common picture to his readers, and probably a very familiar one for him, because remember, he is in jail, jailed by the Romans. Right there, his guards would have been wearing the same armour. And so he describes to us in terms of a Roman soldier how we also have the armour of God, a belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of readiness given by the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. And over the next few weeks, God willing, we are going to be seeing the spiritual aspects of truth the spiritual aspects of righteousness, the spiritual aspects of the gospel of peace, the spiritual aspects of faith, of salvation and of God's word. These things are not all physical. They're spiritual. We're not in a battle against flesh and blood. We're in a spiritual battle And that's why we have to depend totally and completely on God. We pray in the Spirit and we stand firm trusting in God. We don't trust in ourselves, just trust entirely on God.